the full rigor of Florida True Crime Podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and this week I'm going to tell you about a mother and father's worst nightmare, the abduction, rape, and murder of their child. Don't kill the child, because if you do, people will not forget. They will not forgive. We will hunt you down, and we will put you to death. And this very week, we observe Missing Children's Day in Florida, which will be recognized with an annual ceremony at our state capitol in Tallahassee. Terry Lynn is with the Jimmy Rice Center for Victims of Predatory Abduction, and she says you should talk to your kids about stranger danger. You need to tell your children if somebody attempts to abduct them, that child needs to scream and run as fast as he or she can. Now, Jimmy Rice was kidnapped, raped, tortured, and murdered after getting off his Miami-Dade County school bus back in 1995 when he was just nine years old. His death led to legislation allowing the state to indefinitely detain sexual predators. Now, to this day, there are 1,252 children who are missing in Florida. It's just terrifying. Nothing can be worse for a parent to know their child is missing and the hell they may be going through. Those few hours that he had left, he went through such hell. That's Jimmy Rice's father, Don. Jimmy went through hell on September 11th, 1995 at the age of nine. As I said, he was getting off his school bus in a rural area of Miami-Dade called the Redlands and a predator was waiting for him. Juan Carlos Chavez. This is pure evil. This is not just a child murder. This was a horrific crime done to an innocent child. That's retired homicide detective Pat Diaz, who finally got a confession out of Chavez. He tells us he rolls down his window, points a gun at him and says, get in the truck. Jimmy crosses the street and gets in the truck with him. And that's, and it basically, this is the place where it happened. Jimmy was probably 250 yards from his house. Jimmy's mom, Claudine, who died of a heart attack in 2009, wished that she could have warned him. And I, sh- I should have told Jimmy, because if Jimmy had known that was the right thing to do, he would have tried to break away from that hole, and he would have turned and run, and he, I think he would have be home today. You need to tell your children if somebody attempts to abduct them, that child needs to scream and run. Well... She was beating herself up about that, but not only did she die of a heart attack in 2009, Don's daughter, that would have been Jimmy's stepsister, took her own life in 2012. This family endured so much sadness. Anger and grief, if you control it, can be very powerful forces to help you accomplish things. John and Claudine fought for the Jimmy Rice Act, which forces law enforcement to keep sexual predators locked up until they can prove they've been rehabilitated. If rehabilitation is based solely on, you know, does the person return back to prison after committing a new sex crime, then we're very successful with that. If rehabilitation is, you know, they never have an adverse thought about a child again, maybe not so much. That's clinical director Mace Warren at a facility that has treated more than a thousand child sex predators. I've had to confess to my crimes so many times, it makes me ill. Three months after Jimmy went missing, a suspicious employer put investigators and detectives on Chavez's tail, thanks to the advice from a psychic. Uh, In our particular case with our victim, he was murdered 
put in the trunk of his state car and pushed over a cliff. People often turn to psychics after a crime has been committed. Well, this program that I saw featured a psychic who solved a case about a man that was murdered, put in the trunk of a car and pushed over a hmm. cliff. And it, uh, it just caught my attention. And uh, I had to know more about this person. Now, Chavez worked for the Scheinhaus family as a handyman. He was from Cuba, and he lived in a trailer on their property. And around the time of Rice's disappearance, Susan Scheinhaus reported several items missing from her home, including a handgun and some of her jewelry. So she consulted a psychic who, you know, said, hey, what about this ranch hand that's living on your property? So she got a locksmith and she entered Chavez's trailer and there she found her handgun and young Jimmy Rice's book bag. Can you imagine how chilling that must have been when she found Jimmy's red backpack? My God, it probably had his name on it. She reported her findings to the FBI on December 5th, 1995. Chavez was finally found a day later and taken in for questioning. So... Once he was in custody, he was advised of his rights. He was Mirandized. And then he endured 55 long hours of interrogation, mostly from homicide investigator Pat Diaz. Finally, Chavez spilled his guts and he admitted that he kidnapped the kid, raped him, tortured him, and then that he shot him in the back as he was trying to get out of his trailer. Chavez also led police to the boy's body, which he had dismembered, and hidden in concrete inside of three plastic planters. Chavez, a Cuban immigrant and a farm laborer, was finally executed by lethal injection for the 1995 kidnapping, rape, and murder of the South Florida boy. The murder happened on September 11, 1995, just 15 days before Jimmy Rice's 10th birthday. The nine-year-old was riding on the school bus and was dropped off along with 10 classmates. But somehow Chavez targeted this kid. He had to walk less than a block to his house. And according to Chavez's confession, he blocked Jimmy Rice's path with his pickup truck and forced him into his truck at gunpoint. Chavez took Rice to his trailer on a nearby ranch where he raped him. And then about four hours later, he heard a helicopter hovering above looking for Rice. And Rice ran to the door and tried to open it. And Chavez says he shot him in the back. And then he says he held on to the child until he took his last breath. And then he decapitated and dismembered him. The child's decapitated and dismembered body was found three months later near Chavez's trailer. Now, Jimmy Rice's father now lives in Vero Beach, and he held a press conference on the day of Juan Carlos Chavez's execution. You don't feel happy. We aren't going to go out and celebrate when Chavez is executed. If there was ever anyone in the world who deserved to die, it's the man who did that. So, Florida Governor Rick Scott signed Chavez's death warrant. He was 46 and was executed by lethal injection February 12, 2014 at 8.17 p.m. at Florida State Prison in Stark. Now, he was on death row for 18 years and five months. That's after Jimmy's death. 
A last-minute appeal delayed for two hours Chavez's execution for the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Jimmy Rice because there was some objection over the three-drug lethal injection cocktail, but the U.S. Supreme Court quickly denied the stay based on those complaints. And Don Rice had a message for Chavez before he got the spike. Your crime was so great, so evil, so heinous, that you have forfeited the right to live. Governor Rick Scott signed the death warrant, one of many that he signed. Former Governor Rick Scott signed more death warrants than any other Florida governor since the death penalty was reinstated in Florida in 1976. Currently, there are about 342 death row inmates in Florida. Potentially, 202 of those inmates could face execution during Governor Ron DeSantis's term. However, execution numbers are down in the previous years. There were 25 nationwide in only eight states, including Florida, in 2018. Now, Florida put to death two last year, bringing the total since 2015 to eight. Governor DeSantis signed the death warrant for convicted serial killer Bobby Joe Long when he first took office. You can check out my full rigor episode eight, turning the tables on a serial killer, rapist Bobby Joe Long, killed eight women in the 1980s and was finally put to death May 23rd, 2019. Now, former Governor Rick Scott presided over 28 executions during his two terms as governor from 2011 to 2018. He's now a Florida senator. So how does that compare with other governors in Florida? Former Governor Charlie Crist only had five executions during his term, and Jeb Bush signed death warrants for 21 death row inmates. To get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. That was Jeb Bush running for president. (sighs) Brutal. Please clap. (laughs) No, really, thank you. You're too kind. Thank you. Before he was put to death, Juan Carlos Chavez offered only a handwritten statement in which he said, we men are slow to learn that since none of us is righteous, none of us can pass judgment on another man's sins. Chavez did not utter a single word of remorse, and he claimed he was at peace. Now, Laura Moreno, who witnessed the execution, was also one of the jurors who convicted Chavez in 1998. And she said she was expecting to feel a little sorry for Chavez when he was put to death, but... I was expecting to feel a little sad, but I didn't. Instead, I felt um, a little angry that he got to have a simple, peaceful death and just go to sleep. I mean, isn't that how we all want to go? Just want to go to sleep. I want to die in my sleep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You wouldn't know. You just don't wake up. But you know what? I wouldn't like to know the exact day and time of my death. You know, like being on death row, that would be very stressful. Dead man walking. Dead woman walking, as it were. And that's basically what Jimmy Rice was when he got off his school bus. He was a dead little boy walking toward a predator with a gun who had sick, evil ideas. And in the end, Don Rice, Jimmy's father, said nothing can ever fill the void left by the loss of a child whose life held so much hope and promise. That penalty is quite a different matter. In a world where it seems like you can get away with just about anything, that you can do about anything and get forgiven, this is one of the few times where even our society says your crime 
was so great, so evil, so heinous. You don't deserve to live if you raped, tortured, and murdered a child. So Jimmy Rice's family created the Jimmy Rice Center for Victims of Predatory Abduction. Now, it offers assistance to law enforcement, including providing free bloodhounds for use in search and rescue. And Rice's mom, Claudine Diane Rice, also founded Team Hope. It's a group of parents of abducted children who support parents and families facing child abduction. Also, check out my Full Rigor episode 102, What to Do If Your Child Is Missing or Exploited, in which I interview Callahan Walsh. That's Adam Walsh's brother. Adam would have been 10 years older than me. So a brother that uh, I never met, but a brother I always knew about. You know, we celebrated Adam's life. Uh, I knew his favorite movies and sports, which is Star Wars and baseball. We celebrated his birthday. And I grew up in a family that said, we need to make sure Adam didn't die in vain. And if his song is to continue, then we must do the singing. In a way, this case reminds me of Adam Walsh's murder here in South Florida. Cal Walsh and his dad, John Walsh, have established the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And they're determined to help families in need, especially those of exploited and missing children, after John and Rave Walsh endured their own personal tragedy in South Florida when Adam Walsh was taken and murdered. I also revisit the local cold case of little Christy Luna, who's been missing for 35 years. She walked just a few feet to the little general store to get some cat food and never came home. The kids are not all safe today in many ways. Although things are better than they were 20 years ago, we've still got a long way to go. Remember, if you have children, before they leave the house, remind them. You need to tell your children if somebody attempts to abduct them, that child needs to scream and run. Good advice. But I do have some good news. Police in Claremont, Florida, announcing that a mom has been reunited with her daughter this week. We knew that it was the, uh, the father. Was, was our main suspect. We were able to determine that he had fled to Mexico. After being kidnapped 14 years ago, her daughter got in touch with her through social media. Now, the Claremont Police Department issued a news release, and they say that their detective division received a call from Angelica Vences Salgado in Mexico, and she told authorities she had been contacted by her daughter, Jacqueline Hernandez, on social media. The Laredo Police Department in Texas intercepted mother and daughter at the border where Jacqueline and her mom were reunited. Hernandez was just six years old when she was abducted from her home in Florida in 2007 by her dad. Here's Cal Walsh, Adam Walsh's brother, who says familial abduction is just as dangerous as stranger danger. A stranger abduction is the scariest situation, the scariest scenario for any parent. But we do see a lot of non-custodial parental abductions as well. And, you know, I see some bias oftentimes in the public with these cases. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, the the kids with one of their parents, what's the big deal? Well, Uh there's a reason that parent didn't have custody of that child in the first place. Yeah, well, a felony warrant for kidnapping was issued against the father. And investigators at the time said the pair might be traveling in Mexico. Turns out it was true. You know, there's many different ways children go missing. But any time that a parent or guardian suspects that a, a child has gone missing, whether it's an abduction or what have you, you need to call law enforcement immediately. Call 911 right away. Make sure they know the situation and contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We have some incredible resources and incredible abilities, including 
Team Adam, which is deployed on site. It's a group of former law enforcement professionals that are deployed on site to help local law enforcement gather volunteers and do grid searches, landfill searches, poster distribution, and linking those local authorities up with the national resources that we have at our organization. So parents should always call 911 right away. What about homework that parents can do ahead of time? God forbid their child is taken. At least have an updated picture of your child. Right. At best, have a child ID kit. And that card that has an image of the child, but also their descriptive information, because it can sometimes be difficult for a parent to rattle off exactly how tall the child is, what they're wearing, all this and that in the heat of the moment. They're going through the most frantic moment of their life, most frantic experience of their life. And it can be difficult for them to recount exactly, like I said, how tall their child is, possibly what they are wearing. And having a child ID card can really help the parent with that. Again, that's Cal Walsh. He and his dad, John Walsh, established the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And in this final case, mother and daughter have been reunited. Her mom lost all of her daughter's childhood years. Claremont police want to talk to Jacqueline and ask her what she's been doing all these years in Mexico and why it took her so long to reach out to her mom on social media. But for now, this cold case is closed. This is the ending uh, and the outcome that you always want in a case like this. Uh, and you know, it seems like the farther and the longer that it goes, the, the more amount of time, it just seems like there's that less of a, of a possibility, you know, for a, a joyous, happy occasion. That's Captain Michael McMaster with the Claremont Police Department. He says a warrant has been issued for the arrest of the kidnapping victim's biological father, Pablo Hendry Hernandez. He says he probably won't ever be arrested unless he returns to the United States. I doubt dad will show up again, but at least mom and daughter have been reunited and are back in Florida again. Finally, some good news. Yay. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to subscribe, download, give me five stars and a big smiley face. I appreciate you listening so much. Until next time.